0: Nama Stauder-Breklu grew up on a Moshab, an environment that encouraged a lot of exploration. She was an officer and software engineer in the Israel Defense Forces, and then she worked for defense and security companies before moving to the U.S. a decade ago. At Stanford Business School, she found her calling in healthcare through cross-functional collaboration on unsolved problems, starting with catheters. She learned through her startup experience about deficiencies in distribution and patient support, and she decided there had to be a better way. And then she founded Better Health. A startup that takes urology and ostomy supply to the next level with simple processes, personal consultations with experts, peer coaching and education. It's the kind of experience I would want for myself or my loved ones. In this episode of the Health Biz podcast, Nama explains what's better about Better Health and how the company is striving to bring value-based care to a corner of the healthcare market where it hasn't really been seen. Better Health is ramping up. They just announced a series A financing led by experienced investors. I'm David Williams, host of the Health Biz Podcast and president of Health Business Group, a strategy consulting firm that helps companies like Better Health to develop robust growth plans. Reach out to me, dwilliams at healthbusinessgroup.com, if you'd like to discuss strategy for your company. And finally, please remember to subscribe to the Health Biz Podcast. Namaste, Albert Breckler, co-founder and CEO of Better Health. Welcome to the Health Biz Podcast.
1: Thank you, David. It's great to be here.
0: You know, we're going to talk about Better Health, which is a great subject to talk about anytime. Uh, but before we do that, let's uh, let's talk about how you got there. Uh, maybe a little bit about your about your background, your upbringing. What was your upbringing like? Any any big childhood influences that stood out?
1: <laughs> yeah, but, well, I didn't grow up in the States, I grew up in Israel, so I, I moved here about 11 years ago, um, and I grew up in Israel in a, a place called, it's a moshav. a lot of people have heard about a kibbutz and kind of know what it is, it's this kind of shared little community, so moshav is similar in the size, very small, you kind of know all your neighbors, but don't really share resources, um, so in a sense, it was very, um. it was very safe, like you knew everyone, you could have gone into a neighbor's home just if you wanted a cup of water or, or use the restroom as a kid. Um, and, uh, and I think it was really kind of an environment just encouraged a lot of exploration. Um, grew up in Israel, of course, you know, military is compulsory, went through the military, was a software engineer there, uh, spent about six years was an officer in the military. And, uh, and after that, joined a security startup uh, before, before moving to the U.S. for graduate school that that's in a nutshell
0: yeah that's quite a that's quite a whirlwind well sometime we'll have to go to the most i do know what a moshav is but that's a that's a good description (laughs) of it so it's like not a kibbutz but you know start start there and then you'll figure it out
1: i kind of explain to people in the u.s i say it's a little similar to graduate school it's like you you want to live next to people that you you know and you like and you have education committee and social committee and whatnot um, so really kind of shared uh, maybe values and experiences and really build a community together
0: very nice all right so you came to the us and for graduate school but also a shift to healthcare because you've been doing software engineering defense security field but then a series of uh of healthcare experiences so why the shift to healthcare and then what were you doing on the earlier uh healthcare work
1: yeah so i uh i did start my career in defense systems then worked in security you know security so big in israel and because i'm really like I was really excited to kind of get deeper into a deep technological challenge. Uh, but I think what that experience taught me, I was working in a company, it was an early engineering company called Forska Technologies, it was a startup later, it went public uh, a couple of years ago. And, uh, well, the company was great, the people were great, the technology challenge was big. Uh, but I really, um, I didn't feel that like calling and mission, and it was, too far removed from the people that my work actually impacts. And I think with that kind of, um, you know, uh, feeling of missing something that kind of, I like came to, to business school and felt like I want to, I want to find again, something that I'm excited about, a mission that I can work on uh, my entire life and, um, and in healthcare, I really found all that, I think, um, what I really love about healthcare is just how tangible the impact is that you have on people's lives, and how you you feel it in every day in your work. And uh, the way I got into healthcare, you know, when I was in in Stanford, it's an amazing place. They really kind of open all the opportunities to explore many new um, industries, career paths. Uh, just really open your mind. And uh, there's a really special institute in Stanford called the Institute of Design, the, the D School. And mm-hmm. in that, they bring people from different disciplines into work on different problems using design thinking methods. And there, I started working on what turned out to be my first company, Compact cath So we worked with the chief pediatric urologist at Stanford, a group of nurses, a group of patients with chronic bladder issues. And we were a team of engineers, business students. Um, Physicians and uh, me and another uh, guy who's a physician who started this class together, we, a group of us continued to work on the problem and you know when we were about to graduate it just felt like too good of an opportunity to pass yeah. on and and that was that uh, that was born into compact cat so. We basically identified this gap in the market for people with chronic bladder issues who need to use catheter, not in the hospital, but intermittently. So imagine every time you go to the bathroom, if you have severe attention, you need to use a catheter. So that's an average six, seven times a day. Um, yeah. And these products haven't really been in, invented on, actually in almost 2000 years, because catheters have existed for a long time. Right. So the materials change a little, but it's still this big bulky product. And if you go to work, go to school, you need to carry six, seven of these, you need a whole backpack just for them and um, so yeah. we invented this very small catheter um that rolls up and you can you know take put in your pocket carry a few with you um and use on the go and we took this product through fda reimbursement all, all that kind of long path um all the way to the market now it's selling all across the nation uh, but in the process we um We thought, you know, uh, Bayer doesn't need to create a new pharmacy when they have a new drug, we can work with existing distributors. Uh, But when we started the process, it just was really difficult to to work with and really kind of found out there's no really an incentive to introduce something new or better to to patients. So we had to build our own channel direct to consumer in the process just talk to tens of thousands of people who use these products and really really understood that wow there's a bigger systematic problem to solve it's not just about inventing better products it's really about how do we improve uh, the ease the convenience the discovery of these critical medical supplies um, and help people who need to use them get them and be educated and gain the skills on how to use them effectively and efficiently so they can you know, regain their health and leave confidently at home.
0: Great, so that's compact cath. So that, sound, that sounds good. How about avails?
1: Avails um, uh, is an incredible company that is uh, really revolutionizing rapid detection of an infectious disease. It's a really special story. One of uh, a, a few friends of mine who were uh, postdocs at Stanford, um, physics, uh, biochemistry, um, had this amazing technology. And uh, there were a group of scientists who all their life just did you know, research and science. Uh, brilliant and really needed uh, kind of that help in finding the first application um, and thinking of how do we how do we build a business around it and they um, invited me to uh, join them or, or asked me to, to join in this journey um, and the company the company has grown quite a lot it raised multiple rounds of funding the technology is really like a uh, breakthrough technology, like once it's commercialized, it can really um, dramatically shorten the time it takes to treat people with critical infections, and um, and it it was a really it was a very different journey uh, to be focused on something that is you know such a deep science, but to be able to bring that you know business experience that I have in the market and find right uh, help find the right application for it.
0: That's good. Well, I said we'd speak about Better Health and we're going to talk about Better Health, the company now, but it sounds like you've been working on Better Health ever since getting uh, to the U.S. or getting over to business to <laughs> school. So,
1: I think the seed for Better Health came from a lot of these experiences of working, you know, in a diagnosis company, on um, Compact Camp, which is a medical device on Mocha Care and going through um, all the different stages from, you know, um, inception to commercialization of a product um, and getting to know the supply chain much better, which mm-hmm. kind of, uh, which build that experience of understanding that we have a gap in the market today. And that's in how do we bring these, you know, amazing products and innovations to the end consumers who need them. And, and that was the seed for, for starting Better Health.
0: So with Better Health, you know, you, you talk about it coming out from the kind of product invention and commercialization standpoint. There's a lot of companies out there that sell medical supplies. So what's wrong with you know what's already out there? In addition to what you said about the, the challenge of getting new innovative products to market, but like, like, what's wrong with all the dealers that are already there? <laughs>
1: Well, a lot of them are doing are doing great work, actually, the medical supply industry and um, the durable medical supplies and um, it 's one of the last cottage industry you have a lot, around twenty thousand players, a lot of small mom and pop shops that we see in every town, and a lot of them existed for many many years and then you have a bunch of national providers that are really companies that have been around from the kind of pre internet era uh, but I think the experience often feels like it when you go to a small store just by the Sheer uh, physical restrictions, you have a limited selection, so you might have a little bit of each um, but one of the things that we found out and just from talking to our to our customers is that when it comes to medical supplies there isn 't really um, you know, one product fits all. And it's very personal. Because if you were using a product like a catheter that you insert into your body multiple times a day, or an ostomy bag that you wrap around your body, um, one would feel really different from another based on your specific condition, age, anatomy, etc. So finding the right product really matters. and. Part of the challenge also with the big national providers is that a lot of them were built more and that's just the nature of the industry as supplies and logistics companies versus consumer or healthcare or technology companies. And that's what the experience for the end consumer feels like. So whether you go to a local store or work with a national provider, it will just be a very lengthy experience the patient needs to basically become their own uh, care advocate, so coordinate between the doctor, the insurance, the supplier, um, testing out different products, making sure they're not overpaying for things, and doing it all manually. So spending hours on the phone. And if you have a chronic condition, and you need these products every month, that can be a repetitive experience, sometimes for the rest of your life. And that's really where we're trying to make a huge difference. If you think about it, a lot of these products, there is an education part. There is a part of helping you uh, with a more clinical part. There's a part of helping you find a product that would work for you. But ideally, it would get you to a place where it's kind of a, you know autopilot. You find a system that works for you, you have the skills, you know how to do it. So now, why would you need to spend hours with us on the phone every month? Why not make it as easy experience as subscribe and save on Amazon for your medical supplies, so what we're bringing is this ability to to do what you do today in a very manual way, to do it in a click of a button, um, and really create a lot of transparency around your benefits, your orders, your shipping, your costs, and everything that's around that.
0: Great. So that sounds better. Health will be better if you can do all those things. But you know, there's there's some challenges that are that are out there. And one thing I noticed on your uh, on your site is that you offer a lot of added services that makes sense and that I would want as a patient. But you know, presumably at least some of these other companies are aware of the need for that too and they don't offer it. And I'm wondering, you know, is there an added cost either to you or to the consumer? Do you have a different revenue stream to be able to support that? How, you know, how can you offer this more comprehensive set of services than what you typically see?
1: Yeah, yeah. So right, we do offer additional services. And again, that's part of that realization that supplies, it's not just about the logistics and how do we get them to you? It's really how do we help you be effective with it? And how do we help and prevent you from going back to the hospital for things that are pretty common, like Maybe you'll bleed when you use a catheter. Maybe you have a skin irritation around your, your stoma. Um, and that's where we can really make a difference. And in terms of uh, in terms of paying for them, so there are definitely additional costs for offering these services. Uh, but what we are able to show in one of the white papers that uh, we've been working on is, uh, is gonna be published soon, is that really by offering these addition, this additional support, uh, we're able to really impact people's health outcomes, both physical and mental and their overall utilization of care so our goal with time is to be able because we're able to create this additional value and to be able to basically shift from a fee-for-service base that is generally used in healthcare and also in medical supplies to a more to a value-based one Um, and then in the short term a lot of these services are actually we are able to cover them through insurance. Um, so, you know, whether it's a, if it's a doctor consultation, nurse consultation, a lot of these are able to be covered by insurance as well.
0: Talk about the difference between say the different patients, not so much by their health status, but by insurance status, you know, it's, it's different. In my experience between someone who has Medicare coverage, traditional Medicare or Medicare advantage, versus Medicaid and then Medicaid has differences between the different states and then even among the different, you know, specific programs for people with disabilities and so on with Medicaid. And then your commercial payers. Do you see a distinction or are you able to basically approach each patient in the in the same way?
1: there's definitely a distinction um our goal is at the end of the day to give all the members a similar experience and offer the same benefits to everyone so where where there is a distinction and difference is in the technology and what happens also behind the scenes for us um the entire world of you know health payers um health plans benefits coverage uh, copays deductible is so complicated i i can tell you that if i until we I got much deeper you can, you, into this business. You did not admit understand. It. Yeah. <laughs> I did, totally did not understand. I think so many of my friends also, what's the difference again between deductible and copay? Um so it's just hard to understand. Um, so there's no surprise today when people go and they think I have an insurance and then they go to the doctor and they get two weeks later a letter in the mail saying, oh, you owe us a thousand dollars. In that experience, we hear it a lot from people who need to use medical supplies. Um, and our goal is really in creating better health is to add transparency and prevent these uh, unfortunate, you know, surprises. And so, so where we need to, what we need to do behind the scene in order to give you that dynamic estimate, is really connect to your insurance, read that information, understand your benefits, your deductible, your copay, and be able to give you an estimate based on what you need, what would be the cost, and what your options are.
0: What's your level of? Um optimism on the value-based care front. So what you just described makes sense, right? You can show that if you add services, which add certain specific costs that you can identify, then you're going to have better outcome and maybe lower cost. And it, it can be easy to justify if someone can stay at home versus having to go into a facility or, you know, into the emergency room or hospital or whatever. And on the other side, you have people that are, let's say, managed care executives that may look and say, if I'm not paying for it now, why do I want to pay for it, you know, in, in, in the future? And it's going to depend. And that's why I was making that distinction between, you know, Medicare Advantage has different uh, compensation arrangements and, and different ability to, to benefit from, right. you know, the scores they get from the Medicare, the stars, the stars ratings from, uh, you know, based, a lot of it is, is based on the satisfaction of the patient. Whereas Medicaid may be more of like a fixed budget and sort of, I don't want to pay for that. And it, even they have more people in Medicaid, but they don't have more money for it. So they just try to cut you on the, on the unit price. I'm glad you're, you've got the enthusiasm to go after it, but I know these are, these are easier said than done.
1: <laughs> um, it's true. So look, our, our healthcare system is so complicated. It's such a massive, it's, it's one, you know. Three point eight trillion dollar, right, a year. Um, it's a massive industry. It's so complex and um, so definitely, you know, change takes time. Uh, but I, I do feel very optimistic about the direction towards value based care. I think it, it just makes sense to have the incentives aligned, and. The fee for service models just has a lot of problems that we, we see it again and again. It's like if the if the system and the incentives are to um, to generate more services and bill for more services, that's what's going to happen. Um, so instead of you know overly like monitoring it, investigating it, looking into every detail, let's change the incentive that it will be really geared towards how do we create a better long term value and better health results. Um, so. It, I think COVID actually, you know, accelerated a lot of change and a lot of innovation. And I hope this will stay with us and, and kind of continue to bring that, the future, you know, to the present faster.
0: So let's get away from all the insurance because that's a depressing topic. Um, <laughs> talk about, you know, when you've been able to help sort of specific patients, can you can you give an example of like what success looks like for for an individual? Uh, you know what that experience might might feel like uh, for somebody that uh, is, is going through and getting, I mentioned the added services, but I, I like the whole package that you described. Can you talk about like what the patient journey is like for someone who would work with, with better health?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, people, um, we started the company doing a lot of direct to consumer. Now we have You know, we have national partnership with Humana, with Oscar Health, we have a preferred partnership, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, and many other payers. So we also get referrals from our partners. Uh, but people can also find us just online. Um, And that's, you know, we meet people in different parts of their journey. So they can be completely new to a condition and maybe the doctor just gave them a few samples um, of catheters or maybe they were post-surgery and the nurse explained to them and gave them a few things to take home with them. Or maybe they've had the condition for 19 or 20 years, but are having challenges. Because again, you know, when you have a chronic condition, it, it just changes throughout your life course. Some people called us and were like, I I gained 30 pounds in pandemic. My body looks different. The ostomy bag doesn't work anymore. It started lacking. Now I think one thing that maybe sometimes it's hard to understand because a lot of people are just not familiar with a lot of these conditions is that when it comes to medical devices, um, it's not the same as like taking a pill. You you know this is for your liver. This is for your heart. You you take the pill. You drink water you're done. A medical device, you interact with each one of them differently, and one can work very different than the other. Um, so for example, you know, we had a one story that comes to mind is a woman that has had an ostomy for many years, um, an ostomy for, for those who don't know, it's um, if you have GI problem, Crohn's disease can develop to it or a sort of colitis that required to take a, a piece of your um, intestines out and your output goes out for your a hole in your abdomen, basically. Um, so there's a whole system that kind of collects that. Um, so so this woman gained a lot of weight during pandemic and her, her system just didn't work anymore. It started leaking. Um, this leakage can be pretty acidic and create um, irritation around the skin. And what happens is that it really impacts every part of your life. Um, you can't leave the house because you're afraid you will leak. You suffer from pain because of the skin irritation um it interrupts your relationship exercise going to work everything and so we were able with one of our uh, peer coaches to uh, help her and basically troubleshoot through it so troubleshoot through what is the new right correct size of your stoma what does the skin look like around it so we can find a system that works better add an additional barrier um, and eventually you know ship a new set of products to her that were able to just work well and she could wear them for a few days no leakages Um, let the skin heal over time and just kind of go back to, to normal life, to her routines, to going out, et cetera.
0: Great. That's a good story. So anyway, obviously there are people that are, have done their diligence and believe in what you're doing because you just uh, raised and announced a new funding round. So uh, what's that about who's leading it and uh, how are you going to uh, invest the latest proceeds?
1: <laughs> Correct. Um, you know, we, we launched our product on April 2020. So right after pandemic, and it was really, I could say, you know, pandemic, I think generally created a lot of positive also change in healthcare. I um, mean, I think we felt it a lot because a lot of the people that we serve are, like you mentioned earlier, Medicare, Medicaid population, um, older ones that during pandemic were more vulnerable and could not leave the house. So they turned to look other alternatives and that's what we could really help. Um, so we've grown a lot during that time. We've grown around 30% month over month since we launched um, and we raised our uh, A round. Um, just recently, it was led by Caffeinated Capital. And, and so Raymond Townsend from Caffeinated Capital and naja from um, General Catalyst led the round. Um, also joined by our previous investors like 8 and, and all the great investors. We are really lucky to have. I'm super excited about this round. Really the, the goal of this Run is to continue um, in building the services for our growing member base, um, expand into new categories, and then just continue to grow in our partnerships with both payers, and providers, and health systems.
0: Great. Excellent. Well, I don't know with all you know the running the company and uh, raising money if you have time to read anything except for you know legal documents, term sheets, uh, definitive agreements and and so on. But on the off chance that you have. Are there any books that you uh, would recommend for our listeners?
1: Yeah, um, I do try to to read read books or, um, listen to them. <laughs> um, you know, I really, I really enjoy a lot of the, you know, leadership books, some, some classics, you know, or ones that have come in recent years are really good. I think one that's a little more off the beaten path that I read and really enjoyed was, um, leadership and self-deception, get, getting out of the box. Uh, you're, you're nodding. I just, it's a really good one. I just felt like it, um, really reframes things for you. Um, it makes you th- you know, really think of how you manage yourself within an organization, how how other people are showing up, how to be a, a good and kind of functioning team and company. Um, and I felt like it's applicable both professional life and personal life. Um, so I, I really recommend that one.
0: Well, great. Well, namaste Albert Breckler, co-founder and CEO of Better Health. Thanks for joining me today on the Health Biz Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me, David. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the Health Biz Podcast with me, David Williams, president of Health Business Group. I conduct in-depth interviews with leaders in healthcare business and policy. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite service. While you're at it, go ahead and subscribe on your second and third favorite services as well. There's more good stuff to come, and you won't want to miss an episode. If your organization is seeking strategy consulting services in healthcare, check out our website, healthbusinessgroup.com.